Rails and Mysteries is an actual play podcast set in the Missouri Ozarks. To learn more about the Monster of the Week gaming system we use, check out genericgames.co.nz. To learn more about our podcast, go to FletcherJGibson.com and follow the link for Rails and Mysteries. Last time on Rails and Mysteries, the hunters got to the bottom of the Cupid mystery. After putting Dorothy Darling to rest, now they have other business to attend to. There's house hunting to be done and answers to be sought. The hunters have to get their fares in order between mysteries. I guess we can sort of jump into some of the scenes we need to do to kind of clean up and transition. And I know, Avis, you have been more or less compelled to attend a meeting of the Seekers Club at the library, led by one Doris Babcock, the librarian. Yeah, I mean, I'd put it off as long as I could, but finally on this last mystery, like, I had to be in the library for long enough. She pinned me down and I committed. Um, So, yeah, I think I got to show up. Apparently they have some sort of award. I'm kind of concerned. <laughs> There's also interesting people here last time you were here. That's true. So don't know. Interesting, but they don't necessarily know what they're doing. Correct. <laughs> and you had um, at the Seekers Club last time, among others, you had Doris Babcock, uh-huh. your friendly neighborhood librarian and conspiracy theorist. You had an older gentleman named Quentin Osborne, and you had a younger woman named Julie Babcock who were there. And I, I think all three of those are there. But there's also, with the recent commotions, mm-hmm. the meeting room at the library is filled to overflowing. And it's quite a crowd there, Avis, as, as you walk in and you get some applause that Doris leads the assembled people into. I just sort of halt in the midst of this clapping crowd, like a frightened deer. Slowly backs out. (laughs) Yeah, like a little concerned, eyes wide. Um, thank you. Uh, please stop. Doris grabs you and says, oh, Avis, dear, Uh, we, we wanted to present this to you. Um, it is a certificate for appreciation of ley line remediation from dealing with those those issues around that 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 crazy cult. Um, we're so glad that the Healing Cavern Tabernacle is history around here now, and we just hope it's the kind of history that will stay in the rearview mirror. And then she gestures to Julie Babcock, who I believe we established last time was her granddaughter, but I I'm not absolutely so. sure of that. Yeah, What's I, that? I, that sounds right. I think so. Yeah. And Julie now looks, well, different. Julie has dyed her hair an unnatural pink color okay. and has several additional piercings that you can see. Um, and she's wearing a tank top that has been screen printed Ozark Outlaw on it. And she hands you the certificate and kind of smiles. Um, thank you. Um, I, I have to say I didn't really expect all of this. I, I mean, uh, I, I was just 
doing my job, I guess. Um, oh, oh dear, you're so modest. Is there anything you can tell us about how we can remediate ley lines in the future if they ever get askew again and you're not around? I don't even know where to start with that. Um, I know it's sophisticated technology. Um, mostly I think you should stay away from such things unless you have uh, certain mystical talents. Um, How would we know if we have mystical talents? You know, There's you several know. people here, she gestures around the room and she says, who, who hope they can put their skills such as they may or may not be to good use. Um, I look around and I, does my sight peen anything? Are they all normies? Um, you know what? I, I think maybe roll to investigate a mystery okay. here. Search for normies. <laughs> or non-normies is the case, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a seven. Yeah. So how does your sight Function. Um, let me read it to you, what the site is. Uh, the site. You can see the invisible, especially spirits and magical influences. You may communicate with, and maybe even make deals with, the spirits you see. And they give you more opportunities to spot clues when you investigate a mystery. So I can see spirits and magical influences. So how would that look if someone had magical abilities? Um, I think it depends on the source of their magical abilities a little bit. I, I think one thing that's been bugging me is seeing, sometimes catching out of the corner of my eye, like in a mirror or something, my own spiritual abilities, which, I mean, look vaguely infernal, like flame-like, re red and black sort of things. But I think depending mm -hmm. on the source of magic, it might look different, like... If it's something more natural, it might look more plant-like or whatever. It, it, it is sort of related to the person. Okay, well, and so what I can tell you is as you're using your sight to look around, there's sort of a, a green and pink aura that's sort of like bouncing around the room. And on your mixed success, you're not really sure who it is affiliated with, but there's just sort of a glow that's filling up the meeting room at the library, and it's not really well-defined. You can't figure out who it's coming from, but it seems a lot like your infernal glow of red flames and, and sort of a black darkness that they're pulsating on whenever you catch it in the glimpse of your eye. Yeah. And so this is a pink and green pulsation that's there mingling with your own magical aura. Um... Well, I certainly can tell someone in here is magically inclined. Um, I scan the room, not turning up who the focus of it is. Uh, and a whole bunch of them, there's like, you know, maybe 20 people in this room, which is considerably more than the last meeting you went mm -hmm. to. Out of the 20, seven or eight of them are raising hands and saying, ooh, it's me, it's me. Um, it cannot be all of you. I, I'm sorry to tell you this. It is not all of you. That, I'm, I'm pretty... Well, 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 dearie, and, and um, everyone, this is, you know, Doris, she's kind of, you know, uh, trying to wave her hands and get everybody's attention. She says, I, I think that what Avis is saying is she needs everyone to 
leave the room and then come in one at a time That's and she can then evaluate whether or not you have magical abilities. So thank you, everybody. <laughs> great idea, Doris. This is great. Um, everybody line up. <laughs> so they leave and Doris is in there with you and she says, so, so dearie, do you, do you need me to stay here with you or should I have them all come in one at a time? Um, just so, yeah, could you direct them in one at a time? I think this may be the only way to go about figuring it out. So yeah, that would be great. And so I, I don't think we need to belabor this point, <laughs> but I could go into excruciating detail about, you know, everyone who comes in, but, but I, I think that would be, uh, yes, it would be no, wasting our finite recording time. Let's really test the limit of the Keeper's notes if all 20 characters are well fleshed out. Ask them who all their mother's names are and things. Really push them to his limits. Do you have a pet? <laughs> what part of town do you live in? <laughs> I could do it. drop a hat on their head and say, Gryffindor. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different series. Entirely. Um, but I could tell you that there were about 20 people in the room. Seven or eight waved their hands saying they thought it was them. Uh-huh. About a dozen of them come in. Mm-hmm. And when you use your sight on them, none of them show up as magical. Um, I go to Doris and ask, did some of the people from earlier leave? Well, well, dearie, not everyone presumes to think they have magical abilities. It was one of them who thought they didn't, though. Or are trying to hide it? I'm not sure. It was none of these people. Well, dearie, do you flaunt your magical abilities with everyone? I mean, I guess not. But at the same time, I don't try to hide it anymore these days. Um, I, I, I'm going to do some looking into this. Um, thanks for having me, Doris. I, 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 yeah. This oh, anytime, awesome. dearie. Then she opens the door and says, Okay, everyone, come back in. Avis is going to give us a lecture about the monsters of the Ozarks now. <laughs> and I think we can cut it there with that expression. I wish everyone could see that on the podcast. <laughs> Distraught panic. Distraught panic is very accurate. Avis just, you cut away as Avis is terrified. <laughs> All right, then. So... Agent Erickson, how are you coping with the uh, post-Cupy adventure? Well, um, I think this one went pretty well for me. Uh, Nobody died. We didn't really have to do anything super illegal besides bury a dead woman in her backyard. (laughs) Um, But, like, as far as, like, bad things, this, this was pretty smooth sailing for John. Um... However, he's kind of reflecting back on when he got the uh, the raven flew north, and yet nothing was really going on to the north this last mystery. So I think he's going to go like pack up the van, go drive north of town, and go hiking around in the hills and forest. Excellent. And now, Aaron, at the same time, I should ask, what are you doing? I think I'm going to have gone to annoy John to get some first aid for the scrape on my leg I got during the makes and the QP's adventure. I don't want a chance going to hospital again. I've seen American healthcare. So are you... You've got to are, pay a lot of money and you get interrogated by the police. It's true. <laughs> it is true. So, um, 
do we want to do any uh, medic moves that John has on Aaron before John departs on his vision quest to the north? I'm willing to do that for Aaron. Okay. Kind of sit him down, pull out some hydrogen peroxide and band-aids. <laughs> oh. We got to kill the germs. We don't want an infection now, do we? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I rolled a 12. So you're going to be just fine. Oh, stings a bit, but at least it'll stop me getting an infection. The last thing I need is that. I've had enough trouble with these last few weeks. (laughs) (laughs) So you're going to heal two harm. Uh, Nice. And you're also stabilized, but... You're already stable, I assume. I'd hope. <laughs> yeah. Kind of just... Physically, yes. Emotionally, who knows? <laughs> oh, no. Alan laughs nervously. <laughs> uh, it's been a rough few weeks. Yeah? Are you doing all right? Yeah, so about um that deal I made for all those um, legal killings that happened that time ago. Like, how long do I have to keep up with you guys? Just trying to do that plan my career, my comeback tour, all that lined up, surely like Well, if it depends on what you do with us here, how long and how much of a positive impact you have. I'm not sure on all the legal ramifications, but if you want me to put in like a good word, that's doable. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm a good hole digger. You need, you need people like me on the team. I then need people like me to graduate the team so you can go hire a new apprentice to take the role. It's, I'm clearly helping you here. What are your plans if you leave the team, though? <laughs> Never come back to Vale's End. Okay. <laughs> it's valid. Statistically, I've been shot more times here than the rest of my life put together. How many times had you been shot before this in your life? None. (laughs) Surprising. (laughs) Yeah. That's my favorite number of times being shot. And I'd like to get back to it. Do you have a plan for your demon? I've got some things in the works. All right. Well, if you want, I can can talk to... There there was that... Yeah, I did put in that request for the intel a while back. It seems to have fallen by the roadside somewhere. And this was intel on how to deal with demons? Yes. Yeah, and I, I will say, just as the keeper in the background, while that's never been a pressing issue in any of the mysteries we've dealt with, I, I think that Lackler is not doing well with her investigative mystery roles there. <laughs> Because there's limited information on how to deal with demons in the MIA archives. Yeah. Well, um, a lot of our researchers don't have a lot of experience because we tend to churn through them pretty fast. Um, yeah. But Lackler, I think, is on the case. I can yeah. call her and check in, but or I can give you her number. if you, yeah. Please, you call her and check in. Um, but... I'm I'm not sure where we're at with that. I do know that we are trying. Lovely. If only the same could be said about the other guys. Which other guys? Gwyneth's cult. 
I think they're too happy with me as a slave and they don't want me to ever go. They just want me to die in a hole somewhere. I know too much now. They're going to kill me. In a stupid way. <laughs> in a stupid way, specifically? <laughs> uh. So, if you... If you get out of your legal bindings and you figure out how to deal with the demon, how are you going to deal with the cult then? <laughs> I'm concerned, out of concern for your safety, I want to make sure that your plan is solid before you go um, and do something stupid. I, you, Alan's just sort of going to flap a little bit here. I'm working on it. There's like pieces. I've dealt with, like, groups before. I know how to shoot people now. It'll all work out. <laughs> I know how to shoot people now. <laughs> okay. Aaron still hasn't got over how many guns America has. <laughs> well, um, I hope that you figure out your stuff there, but if you need me to, I can make sure to put in a good word in the next few mysteries that we go over. Thanks, dude. Uh, Alan's gonna make finger guns at John. Alright. And then, John, you're heading north in pursuit of the raven? I am. And not a euphemism or anything, just... Literally <laughs> heading north in pursuit of Literally the raven you had seen. What would that be a euphemism for? Or an analogy? I don't know. A metaphor. Words. Metaphor. That would be go. better. I'm concerned. Like... <laughs> It's a euphemism for mass murder. For death. Um, no. So I, I guess I should ask, how much does John Erickson know about ornithology? Little. Little to none. He was a geology or forestry major. So you know a so little bit about... Forestry versus yes. geology yeah. is very different. I, I almost said geology, but then I remembered it was okay. forestry. So someone who studied forestry would probably inevitably encounter a few birds and have a little bit of knowledge about birds, mm -hmm. which is probably how John can be so sure this was a raven that he saw. Now, I'm going to guess then that he's not aware that you don't exactly see ravens in abundance in the Ozark Hills. So, as you're going north, I assume you're just sort of driving, looking for something that you'll know it when you see it. Is that how you're approaching this? Sort of, or like a particular hiking trail that seems of interest or something he can just pull over. Follow the brown signs on the road. I think that's a good plan. And I think we probably can have a, say, a state nature preserve. I'm very into state uh, conservation sites these days um, because Missouri, everyone has awesome um, conservation sites. It, it's The state parks here are incredible. Um, so let's make up one for you, though. Let's call it Feather Walk Hiking Trail. Seems about right. And so, I mean, I think that is the sort of place that if you're out looking for ravens and you see there's the Feather Walk um, 
preserve up to the north of Rails End and you're, it's got hiking trails on it and you're looking for a raven, that would be an obvious place to try to go. Mm-hmm. If you know nothing about, you know, <laughs> what ravens actually like. Um, so Just kind of hops out of the van, tightens his boots, gets all his hiking gear ready, and grabs a pack with some lunch in it. Cool. Ready to go. And it is a pretty empty day. I, I think we can conclude since Avis was having her little adventure on the Wednesday night meeting that maybe this is even a Thursday morning or something like that because, um, you know, your MIA schedule is such that you're able to go hiking at 10 a.m. on a Thursday if you so choose, right? I don't think it's a punching the clock kind of job. Mm-hmm. There's not. And so there's nothing going on. Yep. So I think you are, you know, you have the trails pretty much to yourself and you're hiking through a forest and there's a river burbling along nicely and there's some sycamore trees and you see a black bird over there on a sycamore tree. Um, does it seem to see me? Like, I'm not really trying to hide, but, like, is it watching me sort of thing? Do I um, feel watched? I, I think that you have felt watched the entire time you've been hiking. Interesting. And you don't feel more watched as you come up to this bird. Uh, what does happen, though, is you're scaring lots of birds away from you. Uh, I can tell you that you're scattering several different species of sparrows. Uh, There's some juncos. There's some cardinals flying away. But this bird that's perched on the sycamore on a branch hanging out over the river is just sitting there as you approach. I'm just going to kind of look up at it. Um, Hello. Uh, Don't know what to do at this point. I'm going to hold out my hand. (laughs) I think that is a good instinct. And in a bizarre, bizarre turn of events, this bird, which you recognize as a raven, and again, that it doesn't perplex you over much as to what it's doing here, it flutters down and it ever so gently perches on your hand and looks at you. Do you have a name? The cocks its head. Okay, I'm gonna name you Poe. Uh, which <laughs> direction are we gonna go, Poe? It uh, takes off then and flies about a hundred yards further north and more or less downstream. Okay, I'm just gonna follow it. And you follow the recently named Poe like this until you come, as always happens in the Ozarks, to a bluff with a spring alongside it that's feeding into the river. Okay. Does there seem to be anything like off about this area? Uh, you see your new friend Poe fly up to a nest that is built into a rock outcropping in the bluff over the spring. 
And there is, um, I don't know how you feel about this, but a very shallow cave behind the spring. Okay. I'm going to... Uh, do I still have a button from one of the uh, QPs? I think you do. Okay, I'm going to take out a button and leave it out for the raven because they like the shiny things. I'm going to go into the cave. And it's a very shallow cave, and you can sort of look out onto the spring, and you see the raven fly down and take the button, and it kind of nods at you and flies back up to its nest. While you are in there, I think you should probably roll investigate a mystery. Oh, good roll. Um, investigate a mystery is sharp. So that is an 11. Ooh. And I'm not sure if the investigate a mystery questions are well suited to the situation or not, but... Um, are there any there that you're particularly keen on as part of this Raven investigation? What happened here? So you look around and you can see evidence of bird habitation going back a long, long time. There's just nest after nest after nest that all look kind of like the Raven's nest in various stages of disrepair on various outcroppings on the bluff. You also notice that there's veins of red rock in this bluff that are a little unusual and that remind you of the red rock you saw in the cave with Jesse James. I'll kind of go up and put my hand on the rock and see if I can get the similar feeling. You do that and you do get a wave of nostalgia and we're going to improvise a sort of uh, custom move here as John Erickson is getting in touch with the uh, sort of divine side of his player character here. (laughs) Um, So let's roll plus weird John and let's see what you discover. I think you mean minus weird? Well, it is minus weird for you. You're pretty non-weird. Uh, that's a seven. Okay. So that is a mixed success. And you get a vision that is very weird as you... Well, very peculiar. I shouldn't say weird because that's a stat line. You get a vision that begins with an ocean with high waves and you can see craggy rocks all around you and that's not something that you've seen in the Ozarks. And there are men rowing boats and screaming in some language you don't understand. And then you see fighting and you see people getting hit with axes and stuff and it's a little disturbing. And then you see people dressed in what you recognize as Civil War uniforms and they're fighting and you see a lot of people um, bleeding out, particularly the Confederates in their gray. And then you see a towering explosion that shoots flames hundreds of feet up into the sky. And that's sort of in your mystical state. 
kind of blinds you for a while and then something snuffs out the towering flame of the explosion and as your eyes in this mystical state adjust what's snuffing out the flame you realize has wings and then those wings coalesce and you see your friend Poe sitting in front of you again okay (laughs) I'm gonna kinda take a step back um to sit down hmm think for a moment and look at the bird so what do you want me to do <laughs> um i think it then flies away a little bit to the top of the bluff but it sort of does it darting to lead you around the edge so you can climb up the admittedly very steep hillside to the top of the bluff overlooking the spring and the river. All right, I do so. I follow this bird. (laughs) And up at the top, you find an old, uh, well, a, a flat rock. I think is what we're going to say. You find a flat rock that is obviously placed there. Um, it's not part of the bluff. It looks like a similar stone, but it is not a, a natural outcropping. Someone has obviously placed the stone there. I'm going to pick up the stone. Well, roll to kick some ass. It's a very big stone. Oh. Kick okay. that stone's ass. <laughs> Well, that's an eight. So you kind of okay. did Okay. So, I mean, you're not going to take harm other than just, like, exhaustion and fatigue and maybe some minorly pulled muscles here. You're able to get the stone sort of slid away. You discover there's been a uh, hole dug underneath this, and this stone has been placed over it. And it would have to have taken a couple of men to position it. And you recognize the stone is the sort that the bluff is made out of. So someone had to drag the stone there, dig a hole, and then place the stone over the hole. Inside the hole, you see a metal box of some variety. I'm going to pick up the box. Okay. It's got a lock on it. And it's very old looking. It's very rusty, but it has a lock on it. And it's a it's a heavy box as well, not nearly as heavy as the stone, I should say, but it is uh, not light. For my own imagining of this, is it a plain metal box or? It's a very plain metal okay. box. So like one foot by half a foot, or is it like? I'm imagining it almost exactly those dimensions, about a a, a foot, a foot across, about maybe six inches high, and then along the width of it, maybe eight inches. All right. I kind of pad my pockets. I don't think I brought lock picks with me. Um, does the lock look rusty? It does. I'm going to kind of set the lock on the flat stone and find another rock and try to bash the lock off this box. 
<laughs> and I, I think you're able to do that. You're not going to make him kick and the lock's ass? No, I, I, I think that the lock I've imagined is flimsy. <laughs> the rock was big. Uh, so I, I think you're able to open it up, and inside you see a layer of paper. And it looks like, well, how much does John know about history, particularly Civil War history? Probably high school education level. Okay, then. We will say that you see something that looks like money, but it is not U.S. money. And below it, you see what looks like an old diary or journal, perhaps, and an antique pistol. Okay, I'm going to grab both of those and make sure everything gets into my special pocket. Poof. I'm going to put the raven feather that is kind of formed when I do that into the hole. Ah, very clever recover it okay. to the best of my ability. Um, and I, I think I've come what I've... I found what I've been looking for. Uh, I'll get to reading this probably not till I get back home, I don't think. I think that's a good plan. And I'm Is just Poe noting... anywhere around me? What's that? Is Poe anywhere around me? Uh, Poe has, as you've covered up the hole again... Poe kind of makes a happy little chirp and flies back down to the nest. Okay. Oh. Such a happy little raven. Ravens are great. Um, Poe is a great addition to the team. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if Poe yeah. sticks around or not. I, I have not really thought out Poe too much here, but, um, but we're good. So, all right. Well, shall we skip to Gwyneth now? Sure. Gwyneth? You are house hunting. Again. And once again, we could go through and um, have a realtor show you like 17 houses in Rails End, where the market is very hot right now, by the way. Lots of people are wanting to buy houses in Rails End. You Why? Have, it's dangerous. <laughs> well, you know, there is a housing shortage in the U.S. right now, and... There's a perception that these rural areas are inexpensive places to buy a home, but the reality is that uh, purchasers from out of town, you know, from the larger cities moving in are driving up the cost of the nicer places. And that only leaves the, you know, less well-repaired options for selection for a quasi-local buyer such as yourself. Now, you are well compensated by the Dark Stars. I think we've established that. Yes. But you're also not exactly flush with funds. And so I think you're finding yourself priced out of most of the houses out of town. But the real estate agent you're working with has uh, mentioned to you there is a place outside of town that is totally not haunted. <laughs> and you could probably get for a pretty good deal because... Um, you know, it's been on the market a long time. All right. Gwyneth is excited to check this out. She has a few suspicions about what place it might be. 
And I believe your suspicions are confirmed when your real estate agent takes you to Old Man Lawson's farm. This seems like a, a nice enough farm. Well, it's got some bad rumors about it. It's it's not it's not it's not like there's any sort of haints going on around here. I mean, people tell tales. They do. They like to talk. People like to talk. But this is a good home. It would give you some acreage. You know, there's at least 40 acres that come with it. Um, I think you could, you know, probably put in a good garden or something like that. And if you enjoy mm -hmm. hunting, well, you know, there's woods out here you can hunt in. Um, or if you had a fellow who enjoyed hunting, she kind of looks at you and winks. Um, I wink back. And... Um, you know, so this would be a great place. I think it would be within your budget. It has a barn. That's a nice outbuilding. Um, if you want to look around, you're welcome to do that. Does it have a, a basement or like a tornado shelter or anything? Well, you know, now that you mentioned it, this house is pretty old. It was built before 1900. Oh. And so back then what they did is they had cellars. Oh, a proper cellar. So she leads you around to the back. And I think you guys had noticed this when you were dealing with Old Man Lawson, but it just wasn't something you were dealing with. There's the old cellar doors that, you know, were at an angle mm -hmm. coming out of the ground by the house that you can open up. And there's a padlock on them now. And so she says, I don't really know what's down there, but it has a cellar and we can, you know, we can cut the lock and get you in there if that's what you want to check out. Yes, I would love to check that out. So I'm pretty sure she doesn't have a bolt cutter in there, but she just what? tells you, she just tells you that you are welcome. She she calls the, uh, well, the bank that owns it now, and they uh, will say it's a bank. I don't know exactly. If you die and test it, I'm not sure who would get it. But, you know, anyhow. It's there for purchase, and so she calls and gets permission for you to come back later to cut the uh, bolts or to cut the lock on the door to investigate down there. You just have to promise not to sue anybody if you get hurt. Okay. And so you I come mean, back later. You get hurt a lot. I get hurt a lot. What is falling down the stairs going to do to me? Yeah. So I, I think you can, you know, promise to do that. You come back later and you cut the lock, and you open the doors. Yeah, I go down. Um, did you bring a flashlight? Yeah. yeah. I think we can conclude this is probably in the afternoon, so you have some light, but it's still a cellar, so it's dark, right? Mm -hmm. And there are stairs that go down, and they're very steep. They're very old, but they're solid oak and very sturdy. And on either side, there are some shelves and some kind of dried out, very well past edible, what you uh, uh, finally conclude are uh, vegetables stored in a root mm -hmm. cellar. And there's, it's even kind of, well, the walls are kind of tumbling in a little bit. It's a little disheveled, but you walk to the back of the cellar away from the entrance mm -hmm. and this is now beginning to go sort of under the house a little bit even and you notice something peculiar about the stone that's been laid for the wall there should i roll investigate 
you probably should. I think you're gonna have to find this because it comes as part of your level up, but we can figure out how well you find it. How quickly you find it? Yeah. Not very quickly. Hmm. Okay, so you spend hours finagling with the stone <laughs> on the uh, the door there, or on the wall there opposite the door. And then finally, you sit down in dejection on the bottom stair, mm-hmm. looking at it. Mm-hmm. And as you do, you lean against the shelves and a door opens up opposite from you. Oh, wow, that was easy. <laughs> I'm going to go First through try. the door. <laughs> and so this is your haven that you have selected as an option. And so I think you had selected protect the, the three properties it can have. It has protection spells, safe from monsters, and armory and a panic room, right? Yeah. So I don't think it naturally comes with all of the supplies you would need for a panic room. No. But I also think you can easily provision it, right? Oh, definitely. And I think you can sense the thrum of ancient magic around this place. Mm-hmm. And you even see beyond the wall in this secret room, you can see an old uh, rifle with bayonet. You can see there's an old sword of all the strange things. It looks like a cavalry sab- saber or something like that. Um, I Various things that look like mining tools. Um, you know, I think that it'll have, because this is an armor, you're going to have a lot of stuff in there. Mm-hmm. And I think you can, you know, equip it further as you go along as well. Perfect. So what is what do you do, Gwyneth? Gwyneth is just going to stand there, look around, just say, this is perfect. Then you... We're going to say you're going to have to go back out above ground because you get a a call from your real estate agent asking if you want to put in an offer. Yes. (laughs) Yes, you you do. How... how 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 soon and how much can you well just come by my office and we'll put it yep. offer in yep i go by her office immediately what is the rest of the house like like we're really excited about the cellar i get that but uh the rest of the house is dilapidated okay it could be fixed All right. <laughs> it's like a 130 year old farmhouse it is old not good yeah but it has a haven okay that's hidden True. And if you get good insurance, then if it burns down, we get a better one on the same property. <laughs> what are the chances anyone would give Gwyneth insurance? <laughs> <laughs> it's just expensive insurance. Uh, indeed it is. And I, I think, Gwyneth, do you, do you have anything else you want to wrap up there for your interlude activities? Because there's one more thing that I want to uh, sort of hit on here. Nope, I found a house. Everyone, very good. So you, you're going to be able to start moving in, I think. Um, now, I do need to ask for everyone, what's been your ongoing living arrangement? I, I, I know you've kind of been crashing an old frig, dealing with the van down by the river and all of that stuff, but 
Um, what's everyone doing in terms of a place to live, receiving mail, that kind of thing? So Gwyneth was probably going to be down in Jacob's for as long as she could like reasonably have it that way because that's just a nicer place and you know she, she does have some friends down there but yep. i think eventually she just needed to be back in rails and, and was like i'll just go to the stay a while okay and aaron what are you where are you staying i mean is flat out broke so he's staying wherever it doesn't charge him which so is probably great. some combination of frig and jacobs depending on how lovable he can be <laughs> And Aaron can be pretty lovable, so it's all good. Although I do think Vance and Earl are more suspicious of Aaron than anyone else in the group. <laughs> when you meet someone yeah. who tries to break into your gas station and talks about watching squirrels at night, you can't really blame them. Yeah, but I did talk my way out of that. You did. So and everyone knows a good having an argument and talking your way out of it makes better friends than having no argument at all. <laughs> This is true. Um, yeah. I, I still I, think that Vance and Earl are more suspicious of Aaron than the other three. Yeah. I think I've been sending my mail to them and crashing an old freak and whatnot. And how about you, Avis? Yeah, I think a combination of being in Jacobs with Vance and Earl and sometimes staying with um, Erickson in, the fr- in Frag or uh, camping. Um going back and forth as for like mail and stuff avis doesn't really exist on anyone's radar so i don't think she's really worried about mail okay that's fair enough and agent erickson um he is probably exclusively staying in frig um where he parks frig probably depends on where the others need him to be like if they need rides from jacobs or not um, as far as mail, I think at this point in his career, he's probably made like some kind of a deal with whatever local postal service there is, mm-hmm. like the USPS. There is a post office in Rails End. Yeah, so I think he just gets it shipped to his local USPS, and then he picks up his mail from there periodically. So often, yeah. Okay. Um, so you, each of you, in your own way get a letter that is a manila envelope. It doesn't have a return address. And it just says, we're watching you. We will make the truth known. Ozark Outlaws. (laughs) 